Hello, I'm Derek S. McGrath. My pronouns are he, him, his. I'm recording this on Tuesday, September 12th, 2023. And on Wednesday, September 13th, 2023, I will be recording another audio commentary as I continue going through Season 5 of Bungo Stray Dogs. Last time we looked at Season 5, Episode 9 of Bungo Stray Dogs, Episode 59 overall, titled Land of Inhuman Demons, Part 2. This week we're looking at Season 5, Episode 10, Episode 60 overall, titled Land of Inhuman Demons, Part 3. This audio commentary is released Wednesday night after the premiere of the episode and is available for any patrons at the $5 tier at patreon.com slash Derek S. McGrath. And then this commentary will be public and free by Sunday night to watch on YouTube or listen via the podcast RSS link in the description. There are timestamps in the description to skip ahead to different parts of this commentary. In this commentary, I will talk about the episode trailer, then which chapters I think will be adapted, We'll get into the audio commentary, and at the end, I'll share my post-episode reactions and any additional thoughts and news about all things Bungo. Plus, after this week's episode, I want to talk a bit about Season 5, Episode 9, and what awaits us for the rest of what has been a pretty disappointing season. So yeah, same disclaimer as last time. I'm going into this episode really sour on it. I do not expect I'm going to like this episode. I know there are timestamps to help with skipping around, but I think it's asking a lot for people to sit through my tirade. So if you don't want to hear a lot of whining that goes on longer than it should, I will take no offense. You can stop the audio commentary now. I'll be here next week for the final episode of Season 5. If you're up for listening then, thank you for your consideration. Also, content warnings for discussing an episode and manga chapters with representations of violence, gun violence, blood loss, broken limbs, dismemberment, death, war, and suicide. There is also a spoiler warning for all of Bungo Stray Dogs, and I do mean all of it, up to chapter 110 of the Bungo Stray Dogs manga, as well as the films, stage plays, light novels, and audio dramas. Not that that matters much, because it looks like this episode is going to adapt up to chapter 109 of the manga, if not chapter 110, and even stuff not yet published from the manga. And as regards how this episode is going to adapt pretty much all the manga up to Tuesday, September 12, 2023, typically at the beginning of these audio commentaries, I go through the trailer for this week's episode. And Kadokawa released that trailer along with additional preview images on Monday, September 11, 2023, but I watched that trailer, and I looked at those preview images, and because how much that trailer and those preview images spoil plot details from this episode, and how likely next week's episode, if not in this week's episode, will overtake the manga, 
I don't want to talk about the trailer. I would talk about some details from the trailer and the preview images that show how the anime is diverging significantly in staging scenes compared to how they are staged in the manga. The more colorful staging when Shuya shoots Dazai in the head, how it is more ambiguous whether a bullet actually goes through Dazai's head because we turn the camera around compared to what the manga did. The fact that there is a bright red color off of the gun that suggests Chuya used gravity to stop the bullet. The less interesting approach of having Theodore's hand bleeding as he offers his hand to Sigma. But that's the thing. I don't even find it engaging to discuss differences between the manga and the anime. Because those are not about adaptation choices from the manga to the anime. The anime is now no longer adapting the manga. The manga and the anime are both now adapting the same story beats that Kafka Asagiri wrote. Because the manga wasn't out long enough for anyone working on the anime to refer to published chapters at the time of episode production. It is incredibly likely Asagiri was writing these anime episodes while also writing the manga chapters, which would account for why this episode and the last one, if not others, have so many differences between the manga panels and the anime storyboards. It has nothing to do with Bones thinking they could make a better decision, even though I think some of Bones' changes have been better, and some worse than how the manga did it. No, it has to do with Bones having zero example from the manga to look at, because it likely was not yet published. That's why we get Chuya shooting Dazai differently, or Dazai looking creepier before going to share air with Sigma through a kiss, or Theodore just not looking as engaging when offering his hand to Sigma, and no, the blood coming off of Theodore isn't helping make this better. But that's the sidebar, let's get back to my point. As I said, I would go into all of these details about the trailer, but they would have me repeating points I really don't want to make about what is led to adapt from the manga, because honestly, episode 10 could adapt everything left in the manga, with nothing left for episode 11, Meaning, episode 11 may be entirely new to everyone, manga readers and anime-only watchers alike. And I can't see any way to get this season an ending that ends this arc in any satisfying fashion. Yes, Fukuchi could just win at the end, but that means the arc is not technically over. Yes, Fukuchi could lose, and that would be rushed and wouldn't give enough time for closure for what will probably be the deaths of Fukuzawa, Dazai, maybe Aya and Sigma, potentially Bram and anyone vampirized, including Akutagawa, Jono, and Tachihara. Very unlikely the deaths of Theodore and Fukuchi. I don't see how this season wraps up well. And that is at the feet of this trailer, which seems to adapt everything left from the manga in just the trailer. I'm not kidding. On Monday, September 11, 2023, I shared a post on my WordPress and elsewhere 
about how rushed this episode is going to be, along with a plot breakdown of what happens in the manga and what will likely happen in this week's episode. That post is still up right now and I'm going to be reading from it for this next segment where I break down the plot as it appears in the trailer and in the preview images, then I will break down the plot as it happens in the manga. Let's quickly go through a few plot points from the manga and I'll supplement those with what appears in the trailer and the preview images. Chapters 106 and 106.5 Kutagawa is holding Aya and Bram hostage atop the airport control tower. We see Aya and Bram in the trailer atop that control tower. Dazai and Sigma are still drowning and are going to share a kiss to share oxygen. We see that in the trailer. Chapter 106.5, Sigma escapes the elevator and heads to Theodore in the security room. A preview image shows Theodore reaching out to Sigma. So this chapter has to be adapted to show how Sigma got out of the elevator to arrive at Theodore in the security room. Chapter 107, Atushi finds Akutagawa holding Aya and Bram hostage. Again, the trailer shows Atushi versus Akutagawa. Also in chapter 107, Sigma confronts Theodore. Again, the preview image shows Theodore reaching out to Sigma. Chapter 107.5, Aya tries to pull the sword out of Bram. We see that in the trailer. Chapter 108, Atushi is about to bash in Akutagawa's head but stops himself. We see that in the trailer. At the same time, that allows Akutagawa to tie up Atushi and rip his limbs off. We see that in the trailer. Meanwhile, Theodore reaches out his hands to Sigma. Again, we see that in the preview images. Elsewhere, Fukuchi calls the UN to unseal one order. We see that in the trailer. At the same time, we see Fukuzawa bleeding out while a bright light shines from where Fukuchi is unsealing one order. We see that in the trailer. Chapter 109, Theodore is still reaching his hand out to Sigma. Again, it's in the preview image. Elsewhere in the prison, Chuya aims a gun at Dazai's head. We see that in the preview image. Chuya then shoots Dazai in the head while Theodore watches. We see that in the trailer and in the preview image. Meanwhile, Fukuchi directs all military forces to start bombing. We see that in the trailer. All of what I just said? That is too much for one episode. Not one of those moments is going to get a moment to breathe. And what is worse? That's not all that happens in those chapters. I only listed what the trailer and preview images show from those chapters. There are so many other moments from chapters 106 to 109 that can also be adapted. Let's list those numerous moments as briefly as I can. Chapters 106 and 106.5 Aya wakes up from remembering everything her dad said about her dead mom and her dead sister. Aya finds herself in Bram atop the airport control tower. Elsewhere, Sigma and Dazai are drowning in the water and can't go above the surface, or else the fire up there will asphyxiate them or burn them alive. Sigma tries to shoot open the doors with the gun. No luck. Dazai pulls him down further below the water. Sigma believes Dazai is trying to kill him, and we hear all of Sigma's inner turmoil. 
Before Dazai kisses him to share their oxygen, before he blows up the circuitry in the elevator to turn off the water and the fire. Sigma opens the elevator doors, but before he and Dazai can escape, Fyodor sends the elevator plummeting. For plot reasons, because there are no good reasons, Dazai can only push Sigma out through the elevator doors before it's too late. As Dazai sacrifices himself for Sigma, he tells Sigma that it is now his responsibility to defeat Fyodor. What I just said could have been half an episode, especially if you move some of the layer Aya stuff to the beginning of this plot summary. But, on to the next chapter being adapted this week. Chapter 107, Atushi is searching for Fukuzawa while worrying why he can't hear Dazai's voice any longer. He finds Aya and Bram atop the airport control tower, where Kutagawa attacks him. Kutagawa doesn't try to block, breaking his arm before healing himself by biting himself to suck his own blood. Atushi tries to get through to Kutagawa. Back at the prison, Sigma finds a note in the hallway written in Russian asking for help. Elsewhere in the prison, Dazai drags himself out of the elevator, he is bleeding out, and his leg is broken. Fyodor watches Dazai on the security cameras before Sigma shoots him in the shoulder and demands to know his ability. Fyodor tries to trick Sigma, saying Sigma just wants to join the agency to feel like he has a home, but that Dazai is just using him. Sigma blocks out that noise and says that even if he is being used by Dazai, he knows Fyodor has to be stopped and again demands to know what is his ability. All of this could have been half an episode. Depending on how long Atushi and Akutagawa fight, if you do a flashback to Sigma remembering what Dazai and Gogol told him to do to Fyodor, but on to the next chapter being adapted this week. Chapter 107.5 Bram admits to Aya that Kutsugawa turned him over to Fukuchi, and Fukuchi used Bram to gain control over the vampires to prepare a global attack. Aya tries to pull out the sword. Bram recognizes Aya as looking similar to his dead wife or his dead daughter. Like I said, if you had this stuff moved to Chapter 106, with the rest of the Aya stuff, this could be part of the first half of an episode. But on to the next chapter being adapted this week. Chapter 108, Sigma asks why Fyodor wrote a note asking for help. Fyodor clutches his head and claims he has multiple personalities and that he has a magic blade that Sigma can use to stab him to death to kill his evil sides. But when Sigma reaches for the knife, Fyodor just stabs him. But Fyodor admits Sigma has guts and offers to trade their information. This is the most foolish Sigma will be in this arc, and I don't see how you can keep cheering on a protagonist who is this foolish. Back at the airport, Atushi pulls his punches, gets tied up by Akutagawa, and gets his limbs ripped off. This is also why Atushi is like Sigma, a silly protagonist that I can't cheer on. Meanwhile, the UN surrenders one orb to Fukuchi. Aya can see the bright light all the way from the control tower of one order being unsealed. This is at least half an episode's worth of content. Again, it depends on how long the conversation is between Sigma and Fyodor, and how long the fight is between Akutagawa and Atushi. 
But on to the next chapter being adapted into this overstuffed episode this week. Chapter 109, Sigma takes Theodore's hand, learns everything, but passes out before he can contact Ongo or the agency. Theodore then turns around to watch the security camera as Chuya shoots Dazai to death. Back at the airport, Aya sees Akutagawa, or someone, broke the window at the airport control tower, so she pushes a desk out of the tower to tie up to Bram and throws the desk off the tower so that gravity pulls the sword out of Bram. Meanwhile, Fukuchi takes one order and directs the bombing to begin, as one order grows skin and three eyes? And all of this is at least half an episode, but it may take up just a fourth of this week's episode. If you are counting half chapters as full chapters, and screw it, yes I am, they're structured like complete chapters, that is six chapters of content in one episode. Listen to all those plot beats. We are going to go from Sigma escaping the elevator to being knocked out. We're going to go from Dazai escaping the elevator to being shot dead. We're going to go from Atushi facing off against Akutagawa to already losing the fight. And we're going to go from Aya not knowing what happened to waking up, learning Bram's sparring with Fukuchi, learning Bram sees her like his dead wife or his dead daughter, and tying the desk to Bram to throw off the building. This is too much for one episode. And that's not even getting into how what I read, despite my efforts to rearrange some plot details for clarity, are largely in that order in the manga. And given how closely Bones has stuck to that same order in the anime, will be in that order in the anime, meaning moments not only don't get time to breathe, like Dazai and Sigma drowning in the elevator, they are taken away from us before we get to process, so that we move on to another plot beat before moving back to the previous plot beat. No, stick to that one plot beat. Don't change to another perspective or location or character. Stay with this moment and let it end on its own terms. There is no tension held for long as to what is coming up with Theodore, or whether Fukuzawa is dead, or what Sigma learned from touching Theodore, this is just rushed. By the same logic, that should mean the ending will be rushed to make the agency whole again and the world saved, but somehow I don't think I'll like that because, first, a rushed ending is also bad, and second, I really don't think we're going to get a happy ending to this story anytime soon. More suffering awaits before Fukuchi is actually stopped. I should also be happy we're rushing because setting all this in an airport has been weirdly underwhelming. No unique sets, no interesting ways of using was at an airport in a fighting sequence, no clever use of airport equipment by Kenji in his fight against Tetsho, or even a gag about running through the food courts. This is also weirdly underthought and feels like a waste of a decent set location. In fact, screw it. Before we watch the episode, let's talk about restaging all of this just based on the manga chapters. Let's start with Sigma, Dazai, Theodore, and Chuya. If you intersected the tension of Sigma waiting to reach out to Theodore, 
and seeing Dazai about to get shot by Chuya, and that is what compels Sigma to take Theodore's hand knowing Dazai is going to die? That would have been better. One of my complaints is that Sigma, like a fool, trusts Theodore telling the truth about multiple personalities and trusts to take up Theodore's hand. I don't believe Sigma is that desperate yet. So, for Sigma to watch Chuya shooting Dazai in the arms, you know, like Sigma should have done to Theodore. Then had Dazai look at the security camera and repeat what he said to Sigma earlier. This is up to Sigma now. With that resolve, Sigma grabs Theodore's hand and pulls him over, demanding to know everything. That is how you make a desperate person look like a character you want to cheer on. I know later I'm going to argue that no moment is held long enough to let its importance stay with the audience, but I think my suggestion would reinforce the importance and let Bones still keep rushing everything because you can make that importance and rushing make more sense if we see Sigma is also rushed to make a decision. Heck, that could even have worked for the problems with Atushi, Fukuzawa, and the absence of Kyoka in this arc. Have Atushi learn about Fuguchi's past from Teruko before we see Fuguchi versus Fukuzawa. As soon as Atushi exits, have him find Akutagawa and fight him. After that, show what Kyoka is up to. Maybe she is fighting Teruko or someone else. After that, start the Fukuchi and Fukuzawa fight. Had the three fights happen at the same time. Atushi versus Akutagawa, Kiyoka versus Teruko, Fukuchi versus Fukuzawa. This way you can keep cutting away. You don't have to animate anyone more than necessary. You can still rush how quickly each fight ends. You don't have to put in thought about fight choreography minus maybe please, please, please making the airport serve a role in each fight. Basically, Fukuzawa, Atushi, and Kyoka here act like our Gintoki, Shimpachi, and Kagura, which actually kind of fits their personalities and roles. And just as it looks like Atushi is gained through to Akutsugawa, and just as Kyoka looks like she can stop Teruko, because Teruko can't de-age Demon Snow because not tangible, at that moment when Atushi and Kyoka are about to win, Fukuchi reveals he wants to stop Fukuzawa first because without his ability, the rest of the agency will crumble. And that becomes our dramatic tension. If Fukuzawa died, would that really end this agency? And that's when Fukuzawa is killed. That cancels out Atsushi's control over his ability and lets Akutagawa grab him. And that's when Kyoka's control over Demon Snow falls apart without her phone and that's when Teruko defeats her. Hell, you can even make this hurt more and ramp up the stakes. If Atushi lost control over his ability, any damage by Akutagawa is not going to be nullified and his limbs won't regenerate. And if after all of this you don't want to kill off Fukuzawa, you can do what Yosano did in 55 minutes to Dazai to revive Fukuzawa just in time. And yes, my proposed story does rip off Dead Apple with Atushi and Kyoka having to fight without their abilities. But honestly, 
if I can improve upon what Dead Apple did poorly, I'll take up that opportunity. So, that is how I would fix the problem with the rush pacing in Bungo Stray Dog Season 5. But this problem didn't start with the anime. This problem started with the story that Asagiri wrote. He advised this anime while he was writing this manga. At a certain point, he had to have learned that the anime would outpace the manga. And at no point did he stop and say, I'm going to throw in flashbacks and action sequences so that we don't rush through plot points. He could have replotted details to let fights go longer, or backstories and flashbacks to fill in details. Nope, this is all about rushing to the next cliffhanger, and this episode is probably going to have as many cliffhangers as there are chapters, so six cliffhangers. That is going to make this a miserable 22 minutes of television. So let's get this over with. Let's begin today's audio commentary for Season 5, Episode 10, Episode 60 overall, titled Land of Inhuman Demons Part 3. It is now Wednesday, September 13, 2023. I had today's episode pulled up and paused. You can watch this episode on the Crunchyroll website and pause the episode before it starts. I will do a countdown, so after I finish saying 3, 2, 1, unpause, you can unpause the episode and watch along with my audio commentary. Everyone ready? Okay, starting the countdown, 3, 2, 1, unpause. We're starting pretty much with the same paneling as the manga, which might blow a hole in my argument that these being done so far apart from each other that there wasn't enough production time, maybe I was wrong. Aya certainly is more intelligent than she acted like she is, given that kind of an insight at her age. If this episode began and end with Aya realizing that she needs to get the sword out of him and push the table, that could have worked. It's everything in between having to do all the Akutsugawa fight and all of Dazai's death and all of Sigma passing out that doesn't work. Again, Aya being smarter than her age suggests, and even as she suggested. And I still can't stand this opening song and this title sequence, so just go take my headphones off during this part.
again, when you are not showing all of your characters in a season, but still keeping them in the opening when they're either dead or not involved, has Kyoka used her ability at all this season? They even cut the gag where she used it on Tanazaki and Kenji, so yeah. This needed replotting. This episode needed a Kyoka versus Teruko fight instead of the prison duel. I appreciate the staging for Dazai figuring out the explosion above. I had a friend watch this episode, or rather the previous one, and they comment, how could you even get water pumping into an elevator? I can suspend disbelief with that with regards to what that does as just a death trap. I can suspend that disbelief. I don't know how my friends go react to, oh, and it has fire inside the elevator too. They did nail Sigma's same expression of relief there. Again, how much of this was being done at the same time as the manga that Bones was able to imitate it, or, as I'm now realizing, they went the other direction and the manga copied what the anime did. And they cut the kiss. This was almost like watching a Shaft anime, only you should have just shown the kiss, which granted even the manga didn't. And I'm sure there's something symbolic we can read of Dazai grabbing Sigma's gun, but, you know, there's a stretch for how much you can do with the queer subtext. I do like the face when Sigma is struggling to open the door. That is good. It's why I don't appreciate the pace. I don't even know how I feel about how quickly they went through this escape because it also cuts Sigma realizing what Dazai's plan is by cutting Sigma first feeling guilt that he doubted Dazai, and before that feeling anger thinking Dazai's trying to get me killed. This is so stupid. Get out the door. Like, the fact that Sigma was still standing there is one thing, and this is now something I'm realizing. There is no way Sigma would get... Okay, it wasn't staged as clear in the manga because 
Yeah, I thought Sigma went into the hall. This is clear to see now that, no, he is just in the elevator shaft, which means he still has the pry door stores open. Yeah, so we can do this flashback to Teruko to take up minutes. So why do we have to keep rushing everything? And more flashbacks. So again, why do we keep rushing? I'm going to have to go back and check. Did Antushi even say, I am not hearing Dazai? The Akutagawa more spider design was interesting. Again, as I will keep complaining, stick to a moment. Like, start the Antushi and Akutagawa fight. Show it taking place so that we get something out of it before coming back to Sigma. You're moving this too fast. Right, like you literally couldn't start this fight, then cut to Sigma? Really good animation here, so again, why are we rushing everything? And good animation on healing the arm. Oh my god, this is even worse than I thought. So Atushi realizes, in order to stop Akutagawa, I had to kill him. And now we get a flashback to that really awful animation on Akutagawa. <sighs> this, I know this is my fault for doing this as I was reading the manga first before watching the anime. I understand that you can't imitate the pace of reading in an anime. The refusal to even attempt an imitation. To just be like, nope, rushing to the next plot point. Then just shoot him already. This is also silly. The fact that... Dazai and Sigma agreed if Theodore died, Sigma could still touch him to get the information, then just kill him. Like, I get the point that if he kills Theodore, no one can stop Chuya's order, but as we also see, that would have just meant, oh, Dazai would touch Chuya and would cancel the vampire ability. All of this is not holding up because it makes Sigma look foolish. And they cut more contents. We in the manga had a scene showing Sigma imagining the agency together. Again, we're moving this pace too fast. 
then just shoot him already. Was Sigma willing to kill Teruko? And if so, why didn't he just kill Theodore here? Okay, that makes no sense. It was in the manga, it was just a radio let there, which makes little sense either that someone would just let the walkie talkie there for Aya to hear. But now it's through the computer system. Does this mean Katai or someone else hacked into Fukuchi's signal so that Aya could hear it? It is really depressing that the only part that stays engaging in this entire boring airport arc is Aya and Bram, because there's an actual character dynamic. I kind of wish they had exaggerated Aya's expressions more. At least the anime makes this clear than the manga did that we actually see that Akutsugawa or someone plunged that cross into the airport control tower. And now we're going to get one of those silly cliffhangers where we find out, oh, Bram thinks Io looks like someone. And there's the confirmation that Io looks like Bram's daughter. In the manga, they never had the daughter say father. It's not even staged as an engaging cliffhanger before the commercial. At least we get new music when Theodore puts on this ridiculous performance. And Sigma's gonna fall for this. Good God. Again, nothing gets to stay for a beat to stay with the audience. It's just cut away to this scene. Funny how everyone just calls him Bram, no one calls Aya, Aya. Which, again, this should mean something that... Uh, I was going to say, this should mean something that Atushi is going to have to kill him and it doesn't work. This is not working. The manga showed Atushi imagining the fist colliding, 
and here he knows he can regenerate, so instead we just do, oh, Atushi is just going to stop the punch there, and we don't even get the moment of him thinking through that he has to stop. That pace is sped up too. You couldn't slow down and just have Atushi imagine his fist going through Akutsugawa's space. Stop cutting back and forth. No, he was saying strong as in you're too strong. I'm going to have to just tear your limbs apart. So we can show the limbs coming off as long as it's in silhouette, but we can't do anything else. Why are we intercutting these two scenes? I know that this is me acting like I know better about how to put this together, but honestly, you don't intersect these two locations across differences. And we're rushing the explanation as to the multiple personalities. Well, if you saw Dead Apple, yes. And again, the fact that at no point Sigma says, fine, put the knife down and slide it over. And again, there are people who still think that Theodore wasn't lying. That indeed, he does have multiple personalities. This is so bad. And there are going to be people watching this saying, this is peak fiction, best anime season. No, this isn't even close. When there were previous seasons of Bungo that are better written than this, there is a problem. And if you are acting like this is the best that has come out of this series, I don't know what to tell you. You have a different regard than I do. And Fukuzawa is still bleeding out to death. And Fukuchi doesn't even turn back, and that's supposed to make us think, see, he, he's not doing this for revenge. Except the staging shows it is for revenge. Everything is just rush, rush, rush to the next point. And we don't even have a moment of Sigma feeling any moment of hesitation. And our ridiculous climax is going to be built around a stupid desk. Okay, I didn't understand that when I read the manga, so I appreciate the clarification that Akutsugawa... Wait, that's even sillier. So Akutsugawa went up through the building instead of just going through the air outside? Why? The weights wouldn't work. Oh, wow, Theodore has one for all.
so we don't even hear Sigma's inner thoughts at the end before passing out saying, I got to tell the agency. I should appreciate the acting here that gives Dazai a little more emotion. Why they don't just have Dazai even crawl over at Chuya, I don't know. And this is why people think that two are in on this, because why would Chuya shoot in the shoulder when he was told to kill that this is Chuya and Dazai point on an act? I don't know how much I believe it. Well, you didn't when Chuya died before, and I still feel nothing about their emotional regards to each other, so who cares? Again, we are rushing through all of this. Look, if people want this to be a roller coaster, fine, whatever. You got your stupid roller coaster. I want something that stays with me more emotionally. Was that multiple gunshots or just the echo? So our cliffhanger is really just going to be the stupid desk going over the control tower, which means the next episode is going to adapt one chapter and a bunch of anime-only content. This sucks. I didn't remember one order looking that fleshy before it's activated. It only got fleshy once he turned it on in the manga. And the eyes, and the mouth, and I don't care. Oh wow, he lied to the UN. And so all of these people are already vampires. So why do you need one order if they're already vampires? Ah, oh, God, I hate this arc. If you're watching this anime, read the manga. It's got better pacing and fills in more information. We're wasting our time on a stupid desk. Yeah, this season has indeed fallen. So I got this wrong, thinking they wouldn't adapt the last chapter. So are we just going to have the credits go while Aya jumps? Or a post-credits scene? So this episode adapts part of the most recent chapter, but not the rest of it. I just throw up my hands. I don't know what they're doing with this anime.
our entire cliffhanger was built on a stupid desk. Ugh. You know, there would be something almost creative in that. The idea that a story about literature comes down to whether a desk can save the world. That should mean something, but it's like, well, no, then what it should be is a pencil or a pen or, you know, a book. Instead, it's like, oh, the place where you write down the book is what saves the world. No, that desk wasn't used for writing. It would make more sense for Poe's desk, because he's the only writer we see in the show, aside from Ogre's friend, would be the one to use that desk to save the day. So, no post credit scene. <sighs> so, next episode, Twilight Goodbye. <sighs> this is going to be a bad ending to this season. It is still Wednesday, September 13th, 2023. I have stepped away from the episode to gather my thoughts before recording this next part. Let's reinforce the point I made repeatedly watching the ending of this episode. This sucks. I don't necessarily mean the animation or direction, I don't mean the acting, but I do mean the pacing, the writing, the ending, and overtaking the manga. All that being said, that pacing, that writing, that ending, and overtaking the manga those problems aren't with the anime alone. It starts with the manga and any adaptation choices or different staging choices made. And I don't want to go through every plot detail complaint I have about the manga. I already brought up some of those points in the audio commentary itself. I have reviews online for chapters 108, 109, and 110 that you can read or listen to on my WordPress and wherever you get your podcasts. But, jeez, rereading some of what I wrote about Season 4? That season is so much better than this one. Better opening theme, higher stakes when it comes to Yosano's backstory and the mystery of the fifth hunting dog member, all of Ogre's story, Gogol just being entertaining. The flawed but at least accomplished story for Sigma's introduction. But here in Season 5... Outside of Aya and Bram's dynamic, this season has been awful. But I want to get back to what I said about the problem starting with the manga, because that is where the rushing problem originates, where the story puts in the swift countdown deadlines that Studio Bones wrongly thinks means it has to speed up the pace rather than just make a pace that is believable, not necessarily realistic. Making Fukuchi's countdown take only five minutes hurt the pacing. Heck, making the prison duel dependent on a poison that takes effect in 30 minutes put a countdown clock on the story that the anime decided they needed to rush. The opposite of Toei just slowing down the Dragon Ball Super Tournament because as Toei, despite itself, got correct, you don't need to be realistic, you need to be believable and people can suspend disbelief if they remain entertained. I don't get how anyone online is enjoying this pace. 
I saw someone say the pace is the best of the entire season, and no, it isn't. Is this what people want? Just a lot of stuff happening with zero time to feel anything from any one moment? Just onto Sigma confronting Theodore, onto Theodore stabbing Sigma, onto Sigma passing out, onto Dazai dying. A friend told me one argument they have heard that season 4 was very much a rompo season and that persists here. Only it doesn't, not quite. Rompo was a prop in the previous episode. We've lost track of the Fukuzawa and Fuguchi dynamic because it didn't add up so much. We devoted so much time to Fukuchi's bullshit for this season that now we are back to the agency, only we don't see what Yosano or Kyoka or others are up to. This isn't a story where it feels like each plot detail influences the others. And the only one that intersects with another is Aya because she kidnaps Bram from Fukuchi. Fukuchi is just here in this episode briefly to remind us he is about to nuke the world. And just as happens in the manga, it's so barely touched upon, just hanging in the background, that the stakes don't feel like much. Maybe that should speak to how well the characters are defined, that I care more about what is happening to Aya and Fukuzawa than I do to the rest of the world about to be nuked. But also, I literally just said I don't care as much about the world about to end. That is not speaking well to this story that the world can end, and I don't feel dread or hope, I just feel like it's another plot point. This should be a story that isn't, and then this happens, and then this happens. This should be a story that says, this happens, so this happens, which causes this to happen. Aya kidnaps Bram, which makes Fukuchi send the vampires out to retrieve Bram. That's about it. But the prison duel? Sigma finds Theodore, but that has no intersection with Shuya killing Dazai. We need these stories to tie into one entire plot. Instead, they are competing for attention. Sigma, Theodore, Dazai, Aya, Atushi, Fukuchi, all competing, none of this tying into a whole plot. I'm struggling to put this into words. Therefore, I recommend you read a post by Tumblr user Meg Pawn, who nails what is wrong with the pace that fails to convey some emotional weight you should feel about what Dazai and Atushi are going through. And now you should feel some fear and disgust at what Fukuchi has done to Okutagawa and Chuya. I think the problem is comparable to whether you want to get something out of a serialized story, whether an anime episode, a manga chapter, a Charles Dickens story. But here's the thing. Dickens and other writers, including those in TV and comics, are still able to make a moment linger and stand so that its weight stays with you before we move on to another scene. This episode and the manga chapters that originated are all about rushing to the next plot point. There is too much happening here to let the audience enjoy a moment. It is a roller coaster, fleeting and at the end anticlimactic and making you sick to your stomach. If Asagiri is just trying to communicate nausea, fine. But then, wrapping up these arcs so cleanly at the end undermines any nausea to be felt. In fact, that is the problem with the Season 3 conclusion as well. The Agency and the Mafia put aside their differences, already arrive where Pushkin is exiting, 
and that is how they cancel Pushkin's poison on Mori and Fukuzawa. It's too clean and easy. It's not a deus ex machina. It's not coincidental. It's just, we need a happy ending, so we're going to end abruptly all the problems with Gon and Theodore and just get them a happy ending. At least Fitzgerald helping Dazai made sense. Of course the eyes of God would find Theodore. Of course Fitzgerald wants to get revenge on Theodore after the Moby Dick. Of course he'll use this to get more favors out of the agency. But this episode? This episode is worse. That this episode was going to hang on a cliffhanger over a freaking desk is silly. It doesn't even work symbolically as, this is where people write things on. Just like a story about literature. It just looks ridiculous, ending all of this with a desk being shoved off of a building. And to reiterate, in order to shut down the gross people online who just hate girls and women, Aya's actions are not the problem. This is the best choice that was available to her. But it is still a silly choice because it assumes that physical weight will take the sword out of Bram when it has been obvious that magic is at play here, given the seal on Fukuchi's hands. This should work as an idea, that desperation makes people make unexpected choices that could pay off. A gamble, if you will, like Fitzgerald betting on the agency, and Sigma betting that he can pull one over on Theodore. But the story has failed to honor those bets. Where is Fitzgerald? Sigma made silly and bad calls. And then there is so much cut from this episode, which, take it as you will, whether that helped or hurt the story. I think rushing Theodore's explanation didn't help. At best, maybe that helps us understand why Sigma went along with this goofiness because Theodore was so insistent. And yet, you could have had the countdown clock on Chuya arriving before Dazai to really sell that Sigma had to make a rushed decision and chose poorly. Again, why didn't Sigma just shoot Theodore? I get that Sigma may not have realized he would pass out from taking Theodore's information, so maybe Sigma killing Theodore then taking his information would still knock Sigma out? At least Sigma wouldn't have gotten stabbed like a fool, and I still feel nothing from Dazai and Chuya. I see enough people pointing out how Chuya has again lost his humanity, it is up to Dazai to reach out to him, and it fails, and that leads to this angst and pain. I don't feel it. I appreciate people who see something between Dazai and Chuya. I appreciate the point that Chuya got Dazai to emote, even if it's bickering nonsense that gets tiresome between these two. I appreciate Chuya's arc from 15 to Stormbrainer about his humanity. And that is the problem. The anime as it exists hasn't done that. And to tell people to read the Stormbreaker light novel is not a solution. The solution was to make Dazai's goodbye to a drowning Chuya mean something. A montage that wasn't just the 15 hand-holding, a montage that includes scenes from previous seasons and Dead Apple, a montage that featured animation from a forthcoming Stormbringer miniseries or movie. I need the story to lean into Chuya and Dazai, to make me feel that regard for each other. To let it pass by with no substance to it means I don't feel anything when Chuya shoots Dazai. I barely feel anything about Dazai dying because he has cheated death so many times. 
And yes, this does bring up supplemental material outside the anime, like the light novel 55 minutes, so yes, I'm being hypocritical to say you can't invoke Stormbrainer while I'm invoking 55 minutes. But my point is, if you don't make it feel like Dazai is really dead, then even the doubts I have about whether Fukuzawa, Aya, Sigma, and Bram will live through this are all compromised. It's why Fukuzawa losing should have destabilized Atsushi's power so he lost to Okutsugawa, so that we realize this is serious, that someone is going to get seriously hurt, and then by association I can start believing Dazai could die so that, even if he doesn't die, that the evidence was there to make me care. I can't say much about adaptation choices and visual details. I appreciate that we cut Aya's father criticizing her as she pushes the desk. That means whatever ability she probably will reveal in the next episode has nothing to do with her father's memory. I still think her dad may be in the Decay of the Angel and want her to be there at that airport. We added confirmation that Bram sees Io like he sees his own daughter, who is likely his dead daughter. We cut the Sigma and Dazai kiss, although, to be fair, the manga didn't stage it very obviously either. We cut the graphic detail in which Atushi imagines his fist caving in Akutagawa's face. Again, this is silly, given that Akutagawa shows he can heal. I like some animation choices, Akutsugawa healing his arm, for example. I should like the fire and water effects and how Sigma and Dazai get out of the elevator. Although, it was still rushed, it cut Sigma doubting Dazai and thinking Dazai was trying to kill him. It doesn't let one point linger. This can be my fault for privileging my first experience when reading the manga over what the episode is doing on its own terms. But when I see there is a better option to let a moment last as long as it needs to, that is still a problem. I thought Theodore's panic and revelation of his multiple personalities was a mess. It was bad enough in the manga, but at least you can reread dialogue, and the paneling was clear to see. The anime just rushed through it so that we feel the pressure Sigma feels to take that blade, and it's stupid. There is no build-up here. I am begging this series, if you want to give shorthand, then do a flashback to Theodore's two cells in Dead Apple. That would be shorthand to clarify what is happening to the audience. At least you'd be lying to me so I believe Theodore has multiple personalities, rather than rushing it to say, LOL, no, as Theodore said, it was just a cliche. I should like Theodore showing one for all to Sigma. It just seemed too silly for me to get much else out of what should be an impressive feat of Sigma receiving so much information in so many colorful beams. I guess I wanted something more akin to how impressed I was when Ogre and Rompo faced off in Pose Room. I don't like the framing of how Dazai dies. Having him on his side just isn't as haunting as him hunched over, leaning against the wall, as in the manga. I'm not a fan of other details. I don't like the number of gunshots heard when Chuya killed Dazai. How are the audio choices this bad in this episode? 
I can't tell whether that is an echo of repetition for emphasis, like restaging the same gunshot to the head over and over from different angles, or whether Chuya just shot every single bullet into Dazai. At the last one, that Chuya just kept shooting Dazai, that is making it near impossible to believe Dazai survives this, short of time travel into the past, and God, we better not have Atushi or Aya wielding Fukuchi's time travel sword to do that. If Chuya is shooting Dazai repeatedly, is that supposed to be like Dazai and 15 still shooting that security guard repeatedly, even after the guard was dead? I'm not a fan of the intercutting of Sigma saying I can't before we cut to Atushi and Akutagawa not yet killing each other. That is on the nose. I had chanting fall over images of Fukuzawa, Dazai, and Atushi dead or near dead. It's not doing what the word and the images are suggesting. That contrast, that juxtaposition, isn't reinforcing anything. Is it to tell us that Aya is hopeful, but her word fall has negative connotations that show that the others have already fallen? So why build up Aya as trying to accomplish something, suggests it is going to fail, and then oops, it fails? Why spoil the failure like that? That takes care of most of what I want to say right now about that episode, because I should wait until the season finale comes out to really get into how this season has and hasn't worked. Now I want to talk about why I got Ron in the last audio commentary for Season 5, Episode 9. I owe an apology for my mistake in the previous audio commentary. At one point, I sarcastically introduced Atushi as our protagonist with... Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry, that wasn't gender inclusive. I should have gone with folks. I regret my mistake. I will continue to fix my language moving forward. And I made another mistake last week. In the manga, Dazai and Sigma don't enter the elevator until after Fukuchi seemingly stabs Fukuzawa to death. That was my mistake. The trailers were flat out telling us the entire Fukuzawa fight was going to be confined to this one episode, yet I kept holding out hope that plot lines would be rearranged to expand the Fukuzawa fight when Studio Bones has made it clear that they are keeping events in order as they happen in the manga. And that insistence on keeping events in order as the manga is confusing in this week's episode as well. We see Aya overhearing Fukuchi's five-minute deadline call to the UN which is right before Fukuchi stabs Fukuzawa to death. I get that Asagiri has a goal in mind for keeping events in the same order as they are in the manga. I think someone needed to tell him that, while that is sufficient in a manga, it is not a good order for an episode of television. Also, last time, I had brought up Batman vs. Ninja Turtles as an example of decent sword fighting between Leonardo and Ross. I also can point to Gintama, especially the sword fight in the Red Spider arc, where Gintoki and Oboro go all out in combat. I hate saying this because I can appreciate that Bungo Stray Dogs is not trying to be a shonen power fantasy fight, but if you're going to have Fuguchi chi his way throughout this fight, then you might as well just do a shonen power fantasy fight. I would have to begrudgingly say that if Fukuchi fought like Gintoki or Oboro, 
I would have to be impressed because that would be a skill at fighting that had nothing to do with the stupid time travel sword. And you could even stage it to emphasize he is not using his weapon enhancing ability. If he pulled those kind of Gintoki or Obero moves, and if Studio Bones animated the fight as well as Sunrise and Bandai had animated Gintama TV episodes, I'd be impressed. But that's not the kind of story Asagiri is writing, it's not the approach Bones is taking, and that is to our detriment. Let's wrap up with what to expect in the next episode. I have no idea. This episode ends with adapting the first part of chapter 110, that being Aya's desk didn't work. So, Aya is going to jump off the building. That's it. That is all that is in the manga. That and Akutsugawa about to bite Atsushi's neck. So unless someone sees a leak for the season finale, no one outside the anime and manga staff know what is coming up next in this episode. This is the first time Bones is doing an anime-only Bungo Stray Dogs that isn't a light novel adaptation or a film. And I don't like that. Some of this is out of pettiness. I enjoy going in knowing the plot, so I can be just a bit coherent when analyzing the adaptation process. But there is no adaptation here. It is just new content, so what works is going to be based on initial viewing, the initial thrill of the roller coaster, rather than the rewatch and the reconsideration as to what works and what doesn't work. This is likely going to be content not yet published in the manga. I don't think Bones will do an original ending for this arc. Some people online have looked at the title for the next episode, translated as Twilight Goodbye or Twilight Farewell. This sounds like an Ace Attorney episode title. But as those people online said about this title, it sounds like the end of the agency. The story has said that the government patrols Yokohama during the day, the mafia at night, and the agency at twilight. Sure would be nice if we staged this airport stuff at twilight. And no, one order changing the color of the sky doesn't count. So, if this is twilight goodbye, then does that mean the end of the agency, that we say goodbye to them? What is the agency if not all of its members? Or could it just be some of its members? What is the agency if not Fukuzawa and Rompo? Season 4 started with them being the original agency. I don't see Rompo dying. It wouldn't add much to the story because we have been staring at Fukuzawa's corpse for, what, two episodes now? Is this Fukuzawa's death? Because even if Fukuzawa doesn't die, I wouldn't be opposed to this story ending with him stepping down and Kunikita taking over. It would fit in a lot of ways, whether Fukuzawa realizing the assassinations he did that ended the Great War, but that led to a separation from Fukuchi, his adopting Rompo, his forming of the agency, all led to this horrible season. Yeah, that would fit. Or, maybe Fukuzawa does resign as leader of the agency? to be the one who was taken by Mori into the Mafia instead of Yosano, or Tanazaki, or whoever else people are betting on being pulled into the Mafia. Or is Twilight Goodbye referring to an agency member saying goodbye because they get taken by Mori into the Mafia? 
I've seen thoughts that Atushi would make more sense as being the one pulled into the Mafia, as we can follow this story through his eyes as our protagonist. But after this season, it is painful to see Atushi as the protagonist, when the story won't let him be one. Heck, won't even let him be the audience surrogate. Still waiting on what Teruko told him story. In any case, I have zero idea what awaits us, and I don't see this being a satisfying conclusion to this season, and I don't see how you had this episode and this arc without the conclusion lacking closure and rushing everything. We are going to have to give closure to the potential deaths of Dazai, Fukuzawa, Aya, Sigma, and Bram. I don't see that working. We have to give closure to Atushi and Akutagawa. I don't see that happening. You don't have to give closure to Yosano and Tachihara, but you better give Tachihara some closure with the hunting dogs, the mafia, and his dead brother. This is too much to accomplish in 22 minutes, and I blame Masagiri and Bones for not taking their time with this. But I'll wrap up there for today. I'm still too salty about how bad this is turning out. Thank you so much for suffering through what is becoming less and less enjoyable of a watch, as I'm sure my complaining is getting more and more annoying. What do you think will happen to end this season? Let me know what you think in the comments section or email me derek.s.mcgrath at gmail.com. If you have enjoyed this commentary, please consider contributing at coffee.com slash derekSmcgrath or patreon.com slash derekSmcgrath. Special thanks to Ella Roach, Emily Lauer, and Alexis Duran. Next week, I'll record audio commentary for the final episode this season, that being Season 5, Episode 11, Episode 61 overall, of Bungo Stray Dogs, titled Twilight Goodbye. Until then, I've been Derek S. McGrath. You have a good day. Bye.